It is May 11th, 2023, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew, and we're in the same room together today. (laughs) And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, hello again, everyone. We are obviously behind schedule. Um, Interesting day today because we're going to be recording and trying not to call for clear our throats or or anything like that. So, uh, but spring is upon us. It is that magic time of year in full force. In full force. Um, I was dead to the world last week for about three or four days. Uh, It's amazing what a steroid shot can do for you. And and me, the three or four days before that, but. On a kid-related illness, not necessarily because of allergies. But yeah, yeah, we, we have somehow managed to survive, and here we are. So we wanted to do initially a podcast today talking about architecture positions because, you know, we think of, okay, we're just an architect. Um, but there are different things that architects do from project management to construction administration. And then as I was writing the outline, I started falling asleep. So we thought we would do something a little different. Because... Well, and, and Larry just pretty much summed up the entire podcast right there. So. Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought it would be it would be interesting because we always talk we we talk in snippets about you know our lives and you know what we do and and we don't ever really have a, a breakdown. So if you're listening to the podcast for the first time or you're starting somewhere in the middle, there are probably things you don't really know about us. So we thought we would do not quite 20 questions, more like 10 questions. We may get an 11th question in there, just depending on how things go. But we thought we'd, we'd do that for today, for this podcast, so you can learn a little bit about us and, and have it more in a concentrated area, I suppose. So we all, all that information together. So we're just going to kick right off and start playing a quick game of, of 20-ish questions. So here we go. So obviously name. I'm Larry Paschal. I am Matthew Jacobson. So there we go. Normally it's just Matthew and Larry, but you know we have last names, believe it or not. Uh, I I own Spotted Dog Architecture. It's a residential architecture firm here in Dallas, and have been doing that. Oh gosh, this July will be seven years. Holy crap, seven years! Wow, I know. And and I am the owner of a also residential architecture firm in Richardson adding architecture and you haven't been doing that for a year no not not it'll be a year in August August or September something like that yeah wow yeah and it seems longer right oh yeah yeah (laughs) running running your own business is uh it makes it stretches the weeks out for sure, especially when you get really busy. Yeah, yeah, and then you realize, oh crap, it's three weeks later, and I'm still not done with something. Yeah, yeah, always a good time. Um, so this question I'm going to ask you because I don't think we've ever ever actually talked about it. But question number three was, what was your first memory of wanting to be an architect? My first memory of wanting to be an architect really. I guess my first real memory of that would be building a giant city in my parents' media room mm-hmm. when I was like three or four and, and, and just building it out of what my grandpa made me these wooden blocks out of scraps in his workshop okay. and sanded them down and made them all nice and pretty. And between a combination of those blocks and my Duplo blocks, it made for a pretty, pretty awesome city. 
Well, that's pretty cool. That's that's interesting to because I, I I don't know that there's a first clear memory for me. I can remember having my Lincoln logs when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Playing with your Lincoln logs. Everybody does um, that. But at some point, I can remember starting to. I was taking graph paper and starting to kind of draw house layouts on it. Now, now, random, now, mind you, there's realistically nothing that could be built because, you know, it's just this giant, like the world's largest living room in the world. But I think part of it's just from, from that notion of there were four kids in a three-bedroom house. So, you know, um, you start dreaming of having extra space. <laughs> oh, I, I can remember well, that's that right, because well. you have two uh, siblings too, right? We have, I have a brother and a sister, <clears throat> and I shared a room with my brother. It was, it was a three-bedroom house, and there were... There yeah. were my parents and the three of us. Yeah, but yeah. For the longest time, my, my stepbrother and I bunked, and my stepsister and sister bunked. And yeah, it was like it's really cramped. So yeah, I, I think. But but I remember doing that. And of course, my my stepmother also went to architecture school for a little while. So, but I don't know that 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 was really any influence other than when she when she stopped going, I got all of her stuff. So oh, there you go. But yeah, but no, that that notion of you know just sort of laying there drawing out these incredible plans incredibly insane plans like i said you know nothing like a living room you can, you can land a plane in my, my start was my start was actually drawing drawing uh, improbable cars and planes that was that was okay. my first like i i i would come home from daycare with like 50 different designs for new planes and, and cars and stuff I, I do remember doing a little bit of that too that somehow seems to fit you very well that's you know so you, that's your first memory of architecture or thinking about being an architect or what's would become an architect. So now, how long have you actually been architecting? Is this question for how long have you been architecting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long have you been architecting? I have just hit my. That is. You're almost your ten year mark. I am at my ten year mark because it will been May to May. So yeah, that is depressing. I have been architecting for ten years now. Well, it's amazing how fast it goes by. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I had that moment last August. I was at a happy hour and someone was asking me, well, how long have you been an architect? And I started thinking about it. The day of the happy hour was my first day working in an architecture firm 25 years previously. So I've been doing like, yeah, last August was 25 years. I'm like, oh my God, it's 25 years. So yeah. And I just started getting getting my first gray hairs, so now I'm, well, now, I was now I'm that. super you get a little, little flex in there, yeah. starting to start to show up. Yeah, yeah, it's all downhill from there, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's your favorite thing about architecture? What's your whole favorite thing about architecture? And not about necessarily practicing architecture, but just architecture itself. I have really enjoyed getting to know people through the building process because residential architecture, at least the way we practice it is, is a fairly personal process. And so I've, I've really enjoyed getting to meet new people, you know, having that conversation with them and getting to what, what, what their goals are, what their, mm. how they see their future going with this particular project. And it, it, that's a really fun process for me. And for me, it's, I think, pretty much the same thing, that this a whole notion of getting the, to know people and build those relationships. And, and yeah, I think that the favorite thing at the moment really is my clients because I get to be, I don't say picky, but I can be fairly selective about my clients. And a lot of them come from referrals, so I'm getting a good feel for, for who they are. But there's always that, that relationship building. For, and for both of us being introverts, both of us, it's a big process for us because we have to really, really engage. And it's not just engaging a couple of people, it's engaging 
a lot of people. <laughs> so I think it's a growth pro- growth process for us as well. Yeah, yeah, yes. We're we're both introverts, and but we're both in a. I mean, you don't think of architecture as a people-oriented business, but when you start running your own business, it's a people-oriented business. Oh, yeah. well, for sure. really, I mean, even working within other firms, you know, if you are at a level where you're interacting with clients, and you still have to interact with contractors and consultants and that stuff too. But yeah, I think I think owning your own business certainly amplifies that up quite a bit. So, well, what's what's your what's your least favorite thing about architecture? Is question number six for us? Oh. Having to run the business? <laughs> no, that's been more of a learning process. Yeah. The worst part about architecture, would I, I would say, is probably just chasing people down for money. Okay. Like, it, it more, I guess more of the business side of things. Because like, when you go to the doctor's office, they have a receptionist area at the end of your visit mm-hmm. where, where it's you are obliged to sit there and she will stare at you until you pay your bill and, and, and mm-hmm. walk out. And, and, and so I feel like most businesses have a structure built in for that. Mm-hmm. And we don't. I, I, yeah, as architecture, <laughs> as architects, we don't. It's, it's, it's a lot of... I have your drawings now pay me or, and and, I mean, that's literally the only leverage that we have in a lot of instances. And so getting, getting, chasing people down after the work has been completed is it's been a bit of a chore for me lately. Mm -hmm. And so it's been one of those things I'm just like, okay. Well, it's, it's it's something that none of us like to do. And I I think that's a, a good good answer for that, that the least favorite thing. And it's, it's not necessarily about architecture. It's about running the business aspect of it, of having to definitely having to do that because I'm, I'm the same way. It's like you, we, we aren't, you know, we've talked about this before that architects aren't really taught much about business. And so when we're talking with a client about fee and compensation, and I don't know that any of us are really comfortable because it's around money. And then you actually have to go and collect it. I can remember, um, this is in 2007 when um, architect at one of the bigger firms, I was in a project meeting and he found out that I was going out on my own. So he the advice, he goes, yeah, get paid, you know, collect your money. I'm like, oh, thanks for the tip. But it's true. And it's one of those things. It's, it's the thing about architecture that I don't think any of us like having to do because. And it's a cultural thing too, because my wife Faye is from Brazil and she does not have the same hangups. Mm-hmm. Like Brazil, talking about money as compensation doesn't have the same cultural ickiness mm-hmm. that, that Americans have. Interesting. And so, so she's, she's a lot more forward about it. She, she's been my kind of my go-to person on, okay, how do you, how do we handle this situation regarding getting paid? And then mm-hmm. so. Yeah, don't make me send my collections agent, aka my wife, over to get money because you don't want to deal with that. She'll go after you for it. <laughs> she'll, she'll go right for it. Wow, that's great. Well, so question number seven: What is your favorite aspect about practicing architecture? I mean, what is it? You know, because everyone has their own, their thing they like to do, and, and some people just like to design, some people just like to draw, some people, you know, what, what's your what's your favorite thing when you're working on something? And this isn't something that I get to do very often, mm-hmm. but I have absolutely loved. So I have figured out a process where I can take a bunch of photos of a building, throw them into a computer program that I have. It spits out a very realistic 3D model for me. And then after after I get that model, I can take it into 
SketchUp, my preferred 3D program, and just build a world around it. Mm-hmm. Build build out the build the the building that's going to go on the in this 3D model. Like really make it look good and then fully render it out and just just to see the 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 final result and the purest results of my work right but when i do get to do it that is definitely my favorite part yeah and then the client goes and and changes everything well sure of course you know that's what they they do it's just just the natural aspect of things interesting but 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 just for that for that brief moment in time i have a an image a a Mm -hmm. beautiful image of this is this, this is, is what this will this, be. This yeah. is what this would have been, yeah. or or will be. Yes, depending. Yeah. Well, the nice part is you can hold on to that, but keep that for yourself, and then make whatever changes the client needs. So. Yeah. No. Well, what, what is what is your favorite part? Honestly, I think I like the detailing aspect of things, and I th- and I think it comes from so the first firm I worked for, we did a lot of a um, lot more contemporary work, and there's not a lot of a lot of give there. I mean, no. you, you can't hide much. So the detailing has to be perfect yeah. and it has to be thought out. Same thing for, for the construction aspect of it. You can't have a wavy ceiling because you're going to see that. We can't hide that with crown. There's no crown to hide it with. Sometimes there's no trim around the doors to hide it. So you're really getting into that level of detailing where it has to be crisp and it has to be precise. And, and often, more often than not, a lot of those projects you would go detailing like millwork detailing would go from room to room. So essentially you're going through the door and, and the, the cabinet work is continuing around the corner and all of that has to be detailed out to make sure it all snaps together perfectly and fits the space. So I think that's for me. Like I can, I can, it's very easy for me to go down that rabbit hole and get lost in that. And so that's probably my favorite thing about it. I mean, I mean, that's favorite aspect of it. And, you know, I, like you, I know how to do everything else. But I was saying I was talking with a, a colleague up in Ohio who farms out most of his work. And the f- thing he likes to do most is the initial design work. He loves that oh, yeah. and figuring that out. And then he just sends it off and let it, lets everyone else figure out the actual drawings for it and the detailing and the structure and all that sort of stuff. And, of course, gets it back, reviews it, tweaks it, makes changes he needs to. But it gives him the opportunity to really focus his energy on that first up front part and then let everyone else worry about the details. So yeah. I, I think that would be a close second for me too. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think most architects we really like the design work, but there's some aspect of it that, that we just really will get into the into the weeds with uh, sometimes if we're not careful. So who's your favorite architect? Because I've never asked. <sighs> this is a tough one because everybody. I, I, I mean. A lot of people just will like rattle off a name. Like Frank, they just Lloyd Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. Or, I love this or love that. Yeah, but do you do you have a favorite? I, I really like the work that Snowheda does out of Norway. Mm-hmm. I like I like certain aspects, not not of of their the entire thing, but I like certain aspects of, and this is, I, I guess, yeah. the guilty pleasure of, but but. <laughs> big like they, they they have very simple buildings they're very easy to understand mm-hmm. and, and and you'll get a couple eye rolls i i, I do appreciate some of their some of their yeah. earlier especially their earlier work but for me i guess my favorite architect i i, I always go back to these little japanese houses like japan oh, yeah. really treats their 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 housing industry and housing culture very differently than the US mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty much you build a house you live in it for 35 years when you're done with 
your land and your house, then the you sell it. The next person literally scrapes your house off the lot and puts something new up. Yeah. And that's cool. But they they they're a lot more flexible with materials. There's a lot of paper used, mm-hmm. a lot more non-traditional materials, yeah. a lot more flexibility on how you use a space. Like you can be sitting on the floor but still eating on the counter, which is the counter transitions into the steps that go up to the second level. Like there's there's a lot more non-traditional uses of, of space that I find really cool so probably probably a lot more efficient use of space yeah oh very efficient because those those houses are small like japan is a very crowded island so you have to do you have to do a lot in a small amount of space and i think finding out those types of little gems here and there is is fun okay like i said i would say snow head at the top but then those little japanese architects architects doing 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 all kinds of weird stuff that that that's pretty cool for me that's cool yeah, I'm in that boat too. There's nobody that I say, oh, this is my favorite architect. And, and I think it's aspects, again, of different different people and different styles and different, you know, yeah, it's a, I can completely see that. Um, I have a friend who, who, or used to have a friend, or long story, um, but she loved Frank Lloyd Wright. She loved him. That's what made her want to be an architect. I mean, she saw her first Frank Lloyd Wright building when she was five, and she knew she wanted to do that. And that was her thing. And I think to this day, we'll tell you it's Frank Lloyd Wright. Just, and, and I can, I can understand that. But, but I'm, I'm very much the, I don't have a particular architect. It's, it's like when people ask me, well, what type of person do you like? Or like what type of guy do you like years ago? And I'm like, yes. I mean, there's, you know, different aspects about different people that I think are, you know, attractive or that you want to get to. And I think architecture is the same way. I think you tend to, tend to like, different parts and like, you know, not be able to say, oh, I just love Frank Gehry or I love Zaha Hadid or I love Big or, you know, like you said, you know, there are aspects of what they're doing that are really fascinating. So you just sort of kind of pull in from multiple sources, so to speak. Yeah. So if, if I really had, if, if you really sat me down and had to pick, I, I my, 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 I like that building that just kind of grabs your attention and yeah. goes, I would have to say I am pay. Because I, I the the first time I walked past the Fountain Place here in mm-hmm. Dallas yeah. with the it's it's a it's a beautiful landscaped building with with water integrated across the entirety of the lobby space, yeah. and it was ninety eight degrees outside. Everything was miserable, and then you walk past that building, you just want to sit there. Yeah, you want to sit there and enjoy it, and and that was the first time I ever and I I was like. Who did this? Oh, wow. Yeah. Somebody actually understood the place that they were at, what needed to happen here, and, and tried to make it work. And I was like, I need to figure out who did this. And and so I would definitely say Fountain Place was definitely that formative building for me. Okay. That's So I, if I had to pick and gun to your head, favorite architects, I would have to say I am Pei. That's well, true. Well, that's really good because it kind of gets us into our, our next question of, of favorite building so far because, you know, you've only traveled so much, so you haven't seen everything. Yeah. But what is your, I mean, for for you, what is what is it that's really stood out to you? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that. <clears throat> well, the okay. Fountain Place, like it, it was, it is, it is probably, like I said, the first time you experience it, especially in Dallas, like I was, I was literally running around downtown. This was probably my freshman or sophomore year of college. And 
the first time I, I walk past it and you're just like, this like, is genius. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Like, because there, there's a, there was a, easily a 10 degree drop yeah. in temperature between the other buildings and you're walking past this building. Like, yeah. like it understands that it's hot in Dallas and it needs to respond to that. So you have covered, you have a covered entry, you have water everywhere. It's spraying up at you. It is all around you. And there's, there's shade, there's trees everywhere. And it really integrates all of that into one space while being sculpturally pleasing as well. Like, like it's just one of those things that I'm just like, yes, this building gets where it wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, some thought went into like, like it wasn't just plumped down and, and we'll make everyone else work around it. It's working for where yes. where it is. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I think, I think. Yeah. What's, what was your, my favorite building. And that's the funny part is it's like the favorite architect. I don't have a favorite building. <laughs> um, one thing I was thinking about though, was, was when this is 2014, when I went to see James in London, um, you know, I, the plane landed at 730. I finally made it to his flat about 830. A.M. P.M. A.M. Oh, jeez. Yeah, very early in the morning, and you know he let me into the flat. I changed clothes, and he went back to work. And I immediately hit the street, and the first place I went to was the Tower of London, and it was just in my head. This is where I need to go. This is the first place I need to see because I wanted to see it. And I don't know that it was. You look at it; it's not grand architecture by any stretch of the imagination. And you look at it and you think, in the grander scheme of London, current London, it's not this daunting place it's just this sort of low what feels like a low fortress kind of thing on the side of the river but you think back to the time when it was built it was probably very daunting oh yeah you know it was it was it was a place you didn't want to be so for me i thought it was just interesting that you know then to be in london of all places and all the places i could have picked to go that was the first place and i think part of it's just the the history aspect of it too that there is a there's such a history to it, and there's such a, like you said, you know, it's where you're going to get to go to die most of the times, you know, at the time. And if you were taking to the tower, you probably weren't coming out. But it was interesting at the same time just to, just to walk it and think, you know, God, you know, 500 years ago, 800 years ago, this was terrible. This was terrifying. And holy crap, you didn't want to be here. Um, interesting aspect of architecture not that not many people consider the terrifying nature of it yeah oh yeah well i mean you think about it i mean it's it's meant to instill fear because you want to keep people in line i guess anyway so i don't so yeah so so favorite building i don't know i'm I'm always attracted to different bits and pieces i made james stop and so i could look inside of a bank lobby um where the atm machines were because it was really cool looking from the outside. I'm like, oh, let's go look. And, you know, being the dork I am. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything really specific, which is, which is, I mean, it was fine. It's, it's what it is. But, and I think most architects would tell you that. Very rarely would they have one definite, for sure. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that. I, I, not every building is able to pull off everything. Everything. Right. And if you do, kudos. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you, but not. There's going to be some aspect that that is going to be, you know, it's well done, but something's going to get, quote unquote, missed. And you only have so much budget. <laughs> you only have so much budget, exactly. And and there's always material limitations, and you know, what what materials can actually do to achieve what you want to achieve. So there's that aspect of it too. Well, so so yeah, so so our our tenth question, and I think it's our last question. 
unless you think of something else. Because we we talk about architecture a lot, and we talk about architecting and just the geeky and dorky stuff. But what do you do for fun? That isn't architecture. That isn't architecture because, oh. you know, and this is one of those things of like you know sitting in job interviews and asking people like, well, what do you do for fun? Well, I really like architecture. That's fine and good. You should like architecture. This is what we're interviewing you for. But what do you actually do for fun? You have to have fun that doesn't involve this. So what is it? Ah, uh, so I, I've really enjoyed gardening lately, just because it's something that I can burn the kids' energy off with it. Ah. But I mean, that's I, I have every berry type that grows in texas under the sun i have probably have 50 apples on our on the trees that right oh, now wow. got blackberries grapes the the I, i've got just about everything that grows here well here in texas but so i say i do some gardening i have i do fly my drone for fun like i that that is something that that i can that i will do occasionally just for the fun of it because like yesterday or, uh, over the weekend we had uh, a minor explosion near our house and i was like what the heck is that? And this is coming off the heels of the, the Allen mall shooting. Yeah. Mall yeah. shooting. So <laughs> we're like, um, let's, uh, we're going to stay inside, but I'm going to figure out, but we still want to figure out what was going on. So I, I, I threw my drone up three, 400 feet and just pan around the neighborhood to see what happened. And eventually I followed the fire truck. My, my, my drone has a very powerful range. Uh, range. So I was able to follow the fire truck and the police car as they went to their place. And, we were able to watch it. We have a, a electric substation near our house. And I guess one of the transformers had blown. And so, but I followed the firefighters out to the, the transformer. I could see which one was, which one was glowing red because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm right above it. I, yeah. I, at that point I kind of lowered to about 150 feet in the air, but it was fun just getting to fly the drone around just for just because yeah so, not, not for work just not, for fun yeah not for work just for fun so yeah I, I do a little bit of drone a little bit of gardening and then i think the the other my other favorite hobby right now is uh sleeping because we have twins twin four-year-olds so they will exhaust you at the end of the day and so sometimes you just want to curl up and just get that extra 30 minutes of sleep because they're going to wake up 6.30 in the morning and get you going again. Yeah. So. Well, when I when I talked to you last night, it was like 8.45 and I could hear them in the background. And I'm like, oh, God, they're not in bed yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Riley didn't go to bed till almost 10. Oh, wow. And then that's, that's evening. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, so that, 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 that's fun. But what about you? What, what, what do you do for fun <laughs> that isn't? The I'm most sure. boring thing in the world. I like to read. <laughs> I mean, you know, aside from aside from doing architecture, like or you know, putting Legos together if James gets me a set. Honestly, I like to read and I've always always been a reader. I'm, and I don't do it as much. I don't make enough time for it. But yeah, but no, I like to read. I think there's always, you know, there's always new stuff to learn. Most of the time lately it's been been uh nonfiction, which is fun. Because um, there's always, you know, and, and interestingly enough, we were watching Queen Charlotte on Netflix, and her husband is uh, King George III, who there's a movie out called The Madness of King George. And I was talking about Title says it all. Title says it all. But apparently, he, there are aspects that they suspect he might have been bipolar, 
or there was something else going on. But but I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. So now I'm like curious. I need to find a couple of books on King George just to see, you know, get read and get some background because it's it is I don't know, it's just fascinating. So fascinating to me. So that history aspect. So yeah, so I like to read. I'm I'm kind of boring that way, but I'm, you introvert you. My introvert me, yes. I love to read. I, I would recommend Audible, but I know I know I don't. I, yeah, yeah. You're, you're everyone's like, oh, you should you should listen to it on tape. I'm like, that's not reading. That's listening. And, <laughs> and I'm gonna fall asleep in ten minutes if I put a book on to listen to. This is this is one of our perennial debates because I'm a huge, I, I also like to read, but I'm, most of my stuff does occur through my ears and Larry yeah. just continually shakes his head and says, no, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Something yeah. wrong with you. Well, so, so hopefully that's, that is a little bit more about us in sort of compact form because, you know, we typically don't, like I said, we, we've sprinkled things about us throughout the last few years. I thought it'd be nice to get some stuff actually down and kind of clump together. Yeah. And and while we're in the same room at the same time, no less. I know. Shocker. I know. Yeah, the wonders never cease. Yeah. So that's really good. Well, guys, if you want to reach me, you know where to reach me. It's Larry at SpottedDogArchitecture.com or at SpottedDogArch. And you can find me at Matthew at AddingArchitecture.com or at AddingArch. AddingArch. Yeah. Yeah, adding arc. adding arc because adding architecture was way too long for both Twitter and Instagram, so okay. I had to just shorten it to just adding arc. A R C A R C H. Sorry, arch. Adding arch. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with hopefully something that's not going to put me to sleep while I'm writing it. Uh, we'll see. Although I think I think one of the things that we wanted to talk about was was about how architects talk about their work because and it was popped in my head. There's one of the bigger firms in the in not the U.S. but global bigger firms um, or well-known firms just put out something on Instagram, and I was reading through the description, going, "And you are the kings of talking about architecture and making it sound like it's something that it's really not." But anyway, we'll get around to that. So, hope you guys are doing well, and your allergies aren't anywhere near as bad as ours. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, bye, guys. Bye.